0: I think we should just give ourselves some grace. You know, we might have those really hearty, delicious, (laughs) nutritious meals, but then it's totally okay to allow a couple times a week for these faster things. Even our fast meals are just 10 times better for us than a fast food restaurant. The time and the money, it just makes way more sense to throw together something, even if it's not, you know, Pinterest worthy.
1: My name is Lisa, mother of eight and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. I had the opportunity last October to go to my friend, Cammy. From tidbits, the blog, the YouTube channel, she has a podcast. She's been to my house as well. We've made it sort of an annual tradition to get together. We first hung out at a blog conference some—I want to say—seven years ago at this point, maybe. And she shares on her channel a lot of practical homemaking tips. And one that she did somewhat recently or last year inspired this episode idea. She shared her family's fast food, meals. So the ones that you make when you have maybe nothing thought out, nothing thought out, thawed out and thought out. And I found it really inspiring. There were some things that I hadn't thought of to make for our own family in those situations. So we're going to talk about that today. As it's the new year, a lot of you are probably thinking about cooking more healthy, but maybe overwhelmed with that. This will be a very helpful episode for you because even though we go into the year with really good intentions, sometimes it's a moment of weakness when we don't have something perfectly thought out that we end up going back to maybe what we're used to making something faster, easier. Healthy food can be fast. So let's dive in and talk about this with my friend Cammie from Tidbits. Cammie, welcome on the podcast. I just did a little intro and told them about the topic, what we're going to talk about today that was inspired by one of your recent podcast episodes that you did for your channel, which won't be so recent. This is coming out right at the beginning of the year, which is a great time to start talking about how to not fall off the wagon with healthy eating. And a lot of your tips are going to help people to do that. So let's start with introductions. Tell us about you and your podcast and your blog.
0: Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on, Lisa. It's always fun to talk to you. I prefer in person, but this will work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I have a blog and YouTube channel called Tidbits and Company. And then just recently this year, I started a podcast called The Keeper of the Home Podcast, which you can find on my Tidbits and Company channel. It's hosted over there as a video as well. Or you can just look up your favorite podcast platform and it should be there. But I really love to encourage homemakers those whose jobs are keeping the home whether that's <laughs> their part-time responsibility full-time however it looks i love to just show up and inspire the homemakers and encourage them in this path as well as give them a ton of ideas for maybe decorating their home cooking healthy foods and all that good stuff i just i just it's my joy and passion to show up here and and encourage all, all of us in this really noble work
1: Yes, and it is. But sometimes it can be challenging, especially when you're trying to cook from scratch. It can be overwhelming, especially when you first start. You don't know all the steps, or maybe what to keep on hand, or how to do it frugally. And I feel like you do a really good job of that, and you share a lot of that. So let's dive into some of that. Like the topic today is how to get food on the table really fast whenever you don't have maybe something already planned or something thought out. I know you're a big planner. But there are times, I'm sure, when there's three meals a day every single day, especially for, you know, you have four kids, I have eight kids. There's just a lot of people depending on us. It can be hard, you know, as soon as you finish breakfast, you got to start lunch again. So let's uh, talk about the first thing is what ingredients do you keep on hand so that you always can have a home-cooked meal thrown together no matter when it is? Because that's that's like the most important thing, a well-stocked pantry.
0: I totally agree with you. And I feel like if you have a well-stocked pantry... You don't need anything fancy. You don't need pre prepped meals and packages. Like the basic staples, you can almost whip up anything. And I actually, if people really want to get into specifics, when I did this blog post and YouTube video about fast meals to get on the table, I created a printable full of like staples that, oh, nice. Yeah, that you can just make sure you have on hand at all times. Just stock those up. Even if you don't have time to plan the menu. And, yes, I'm a planner, but mm-hmm. so many times a week comes by, and I don't have a menu planned. I'll be honest, <laughs>
1: and so, just knowing that I well, have such a treadmill, you know it
0: is it is every week you gotta think about it, and sometimes I just don't have the brain space to tell you the truth. So I do have printables like with like my pantry stables, but i'll I'll mention some here for the listeners to just kind of get them thinking. So when you wanna think of your pantry again, just basics, if your family loves pasta. Make sure you have a stash of that, whether you use like brown rice pastas, traditional pastas, whole grains, just make sure you have stocked um, what you, your family loves. Keep on hand some quick sauces to throw together. We like to can and preserve our own, but I'm not too ashamed to also buy like, you know, canned marinara sauces or Alfredo or tomato sauce, pizza sauce. Definitely we keep a lot of canned tomato products. Those can be turned into almost anything so quickly. Canned beans, we love to have like spreads like peanut butter, tahini, almond butter, have rice, oatmeals, flours, pumpkin puree. That's a popular time for that now, definitely have a lot of that. And then maybe salad toppings and dressings, coconut products, really that's, if I were to walk you through my pantry, that's basically what would be in there. And then as far as like fridge and freezer foods, Definitely have all the dairy, you know, milk, cheese, yogurt, sour cream, cream cheese, butter. You can whip up a lot of amazing meals quickly with those things. Eggs, deli meats, frozen fruits in the freezer. We keep a lot of those if I just need something fast and we're looking at maybe going to the fast food restaurant or whipping up a smoothie or a smoothie bowl. I would gravitate more towards that, especially if you have a freezer full of frozen fruits, frozen vegetables. We keep a ton of frozen beef, frozen chicken, um, even like frozen bread. If you have like tortillas Mm -hmm. in the freezer, that are frozen. Those can be made into a lot of things. English muffins, homemade bread. I just slice and put in the freezer. I'd love to keep like frozen ravioli and tortellini in the freezer. Go to Trader Joe's and really stock up on those. And then you can make a meal quickly out of those. But then, of course, you want your fresh foods. And that's that's really what I do my any weekly grocery shopping for is just to grab some of those fresh foods like the produce, fruits, and veggies, and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like you mentioned, if you just have pantry staples, you can make a lot of great things fast.
1: Yeah, you can. And, and the things you mentioned, very few of them are going to expire. Like you said, like your fresh foods you're shopping for every single week. But a lot of the things that you mentioned – you can stock up and bulk buy and not worry about it going bad because other than like the fresh milk, everything you mentioned was pretty much frozen or canned or, you know, preserved in some way, some natural healthy way so that you always have those. And then you can add in the fresh things. And if you don't make it to the grocery store, you can actually just live off of the, the things you mentioned. The other thing I would say is keeping a lot of like root vegetable type things like carrots, garlic, onion, potatoes. Those don't go bad fast at all. So if you buy a whole bunch of those, you have them. Even if you, you know, failed to get to the store and got something fresh, you can just do like a meat and potato, maybe like a sauerkraut for the side for something fresh that's naturally preserved um, for a side.
0: Yes, I totally agree, and you do this well as well on your YouTube channel. Those are the, your your main ingredients that you're cooking with, and our kitchen functions much the same. And it's just it's such peace of mind knowing that you have these foods stored away, and they can last for several several months, and you can whip up something fast, even though. And you mentioned someone you know, new to this homemaking gig that might feel intimidating to just be like, what do I do with all these ingredients? I'm used to like packaged meals, microwave meals, freezer meals, like what do I do? And there is a bit of a learning curve, but if you just stay super basic, I think it's, it's very possible for anyone to learn how to do
1: I want to interrupt this episode really quick to tell you about a sponsor that I love, Azure Standard. This week, my Azure Standard, my monthly order is coming. The way Azure Standard works is it's a co-op, basically, where you and several other like-minded individuals who prioritize health and quality products pool your order together for discounts, for more direct sourcing, and you meet at a location to your Azure Standard drop to get these goods into your home. So for example, I have two different Azure Standard drop locations within 30 minutes of me. Both would be pretty convenient. I could also start one in my own area if I wanted to. Just to give you an idea of some of the things that I source on Azure Standard that I feel are a really good price that are staples in my kitchen. I got an organic 25 pound bag of all-purpose flour. I ordered wheat berries for my mill. I ordered animal feed for our chickens and our dairy cow. So much fresh produce. Azure Standard on their website, you can go through and see what is currently on sale. Usually that will have to do with what is currently in season. So I think I'm getting carrots and apples. I'm trying to remember what else is on my order this time. So much stuff I planned it to where hopefully I'll have to barely go to the grocery store between our homestead and my Azure standard order, not for, you know, just like a couple times in a month because of how much I planned to put on my Azure order. They also have spices, any bulk grain that you can think of, household products, oil, honey, just about anything you can think of, but with a natural and organic version. You can also get organic dairy like cream, sour cream, cream cheese. Those are some common things that I like to put on our order when our cow isn't in milk, so I can find better deals and better sourcing. You can head to azurestandard.com to see where a drop location is near you. There's drop locations all over the country, so likely one very close to you. And use the code Winter 10 If you haven't tried it yet, this will give you 10% off, which on top of already having great deals because of buying in bulk and having to be a co-op with other people, you also get that additional 10%. I forgot to mention cheese. I love getting organic and raw cheese and butter on Azure Standard. Again, the code is simple farmhouse winter 10. Go to azurestandard.com to check your drop location and order. That's a z u r e standard.com if you aren't familiar. Thanks again to Azure Standard for sponsoring today's episode. Cool. Okay, so let's dive into some of the actual meals. Like whenever you are, say, 30 minutes to dinner dinner time, you maybe were out and about all day or had something really busy, you haven't even thought about it. What are some of those things, and I have some in mind for me too, that you'll just throw together in a pinch?
0: Yeah, I do have a lot of those things, and I think that just having those in your mind first and foremost is really important because otherwise dinner's going to come everyone's going to (laughs) be angry and if you don't if you didn't have a plan and you've got to like think on the spot you really got to have some go-to's so even if you need to pull out a paper and write those on a list stick them on the fridge um, it can just make that stressful situation a little easier but I would say my go-to's If I'm just like, I need to keep it so simple and just get these people fed. (laughs) We're looking at baked potatoes. You can throw those in the instant pot, which is like my favorite appliance for just quick, easy meals. You can throw those in the instant pot. 20 minutes later, you have some baked potatoes in that time. You can kind of prep some toppings. I like to throw in vegetables, saute some bacon really quick, grade some cheese, and then like on the side to that, to get a, more nutrients, just really simple, like slice up some bananas and apples or whatever produce you have in the house. But baked potato bars is a frequent go-to for us because like you said, we keep those root vegetables on hand all the time. And then Lisa, I love your sourdough crust recipe, <laughs> like where you you just layer the, the sourdough straight onto a hot pan and it becomes a crust. Mm-hmm. Like, No prep whatsoever necessary with that meal. And we use that for so many things from like making breakfast pizzas or like date night. I just want to get out of the house with my husband. It's get that crust going and let the kids put on sauce, cheese, and pepperoni, tomatoes. Call it good. It's super fast. So that um, sourdough pizza is a go-to for us. Mm -hmm.
1: Us too. And as long as you have a lot of cheese stocked up and you keep a big starter, you're good. On that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I like to like just grade cheese
0: and keep a bunch of that in the freezer because maybe you ran out and then you're in trouble. You can't make up that pizza really quick. So I grade it and keep it in the freezer as well. And lots of frozen pepperoni just so that like my kids will always be happy with pizza. (laughs) So that can be thrown together very fast. Mm -hmm. But for my husband and I, we'll like, that's our favorite like weekend thing to do when we don't want to cook, make that up really quick and then just scour the fridge for whatever vegetables are left over that week and saute them or chop them up and that's what we throw on our pizza or for whatever kid will eat those veggies but that's how we kind of clean out the fridge at the end of the week it works really good Mm -hmm. But like, don't be afraid to think of breakfast for dinner. I know everyone loves that, (laughs) but sometimes we think cereal for dinner and I just Mm -hmm. don't feel like that's super nutritious, but, but think about like waffles and instead of, you know, just putting syrup on them, think about what fruit you can top on them. Or we even love like more savory waffles and we'll put like a spread of tahini, a fried egg, chop up some avocado. Like you could really build a creative base just from like (laughs) waffles, um, pancakes, breakfast burritos, you know, everyone loves breakfast for dinner. So I think there's some great options. Yeah. Um, another, another one I always turn to is tacos. Even if my beef, my ground beef is frozen, it's amazing how fast you can pull that out of the freezer, thaw it under some hot water, mm-hmm. just put it in a skillet and it browns up really quick. And tacos are always a hit, super easy to throw together and super fast.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. Ground beef is such a good staple for the freezer because of that. Especially I made a mistake this last time that we ordered a whole cow for my sister. When I talked to the butcher, I said to put all of my meat into two pound packages because we eat at least two pounds. But I wish I would have gone back to the one pound like I did oh, before yeah. because of how fast it thaws. Like that's such an advantage because you just gotta. You know, like you said, some hot water, put it in there. Even if you don't do that, sometimes I'll just put it into a like a Dutch oven with the lid, add some water, and let it kind of like steam out really quick. Mm -hmm. It thaws so fast. It thaws so fast. That's a good
0: point to not do two pounds. That would take it much longer.
1: Yeah, I made that mistake this time not really thinking about how I use ground beef, which is almost always I didn't think about dinner, and that's why I'm using ground beef. Like if I wanted to make something You know, like that, I actually thought through. It's probably not ground beef, but ground beef is in there for that insurance of I can quickly thaw this out. Another one for me is I guess it's breakfast for dinner, but our like something we've been doing a ton lately is biscuits and gravy because the sausage I buy, it's from my sister's farm. It's in like one pound packs. I can put it in some water and it thaws in like like way faster, I guess, because of the fat, fat content than hmm. the ground beef. Yeah, And so then I just brown up like two pounds of sausage, add a little bit of flour into the grease, add some milk, cook it a little bit till it's thick, and then make some einkorn biscuits. And that, and then we always serve it with a side of scrambled eggs. If you have avocado, that's another good like thing to make a little bit more freshness. But that's a really good fast food meal. Like when I've thought of nothing, I can always do that.
0: That's a great idea. So when you do those biscuits... So normally, like ideally, you would long ferment your biscuits. Are you not worrying about that? You're just pulling the discard and making the biscuits really fast.
1: So whenever I'm doing the really fast biscuits, which is what I do most of the time, just because it's usually something I'm doing because I forgot, I'll just do einkorn flour. So at least it's an ancient grain because it's not. There's no time for sourdough. So yeah, usually it's just like just fast, but einkorn. So I'm like, eh, it's still a lot better, a lot more nutritious. There's no preservatives. You know, it's still like definitely way better than going to get something, but it's not, yeah, perfect. So
0: I love that. That's a great idea. But like you think about that compared to fast food, that is like <laughs> 10 times of a better option cost-wise and for nutrition. It's just way better option.
1: Yeah. I always think it's, it's so funny how we deal with stuff that's from the store, like healthy items. So for example, Sometimes I'll buy those Bobos. They're like a snack food or like a Lara bar, and because it's a grocery store food, I give it so much credit. I'm like, well, check it out. It only has, you know, these list these ingredients. But then whenever you're at home and you bake some cookies, you almost feel like kind of guilty for it. But if it was packaged up and it said organic cookies made with einkorn, paleo chocolate chips, because I get these like paleo ones from Thrive Market. I would be like, wow, these are so great. But then when it's at home, you know, it's like it's always it's always that from home, even right. whenever, you know what I mean? Like, we're like, wow, they didn't put anything super bad in these. Therefore, it's a good snack. <laughs> right. But you can definitely control
0: your ingredients a lot better when you have a fully stocked kitchen and staples and you can feel much better. Even Even those like guilty pleasure treats are going to be better.
1: Yeah. Well, we were talking about that the other day because my daughter likes to make cookies all the time and Luke's like, Yeah, but you know, we shouldn't be making and he's right, we shouldn't be making them every single day. But it's funny because everything in it's like organic, ancient grain, all you know, real low sugar, made with coconut sugar, or whatever. And, you know, yeah, you can even make cookies healthy whenever you're doing it from home with a well stocked pantry of quality ingredients. I agree. Okay. So what kitchen appliances, you already mentioned the Instant Pot. What are some other things that you feel like really save you time in a from scratch kitchen?
0: Honestly, I don't get much more complicated than that. I would say our blender, (laughs) we use a Vitamix. I finally just like bit the bullet. I'm like, we keep going through cheaper blenders every few years. So just this Vitamix has lasted forever, but a blender for like soups, smoothies, it can make anything so fast. So the blender and the instant pot, I would say, are my top like you know appliances. But beyond that, you know, an o- an oven, a skillet, <laughs> and I think, it's, yeah, it's pretty simple because again, these mills are simple. So you don't need to look outside for really complicated appliances. Yeah, to just
1: have simple meals in mind. Something that we use, I would say, just about every day is an immersion blender. So like just today. We made just a simple chicken and what else do we have with the chicken? I feel like it was easy, but I can't remember even what it was. And that was just today, but we wanted to serve it. Oh, mashed potatoes. We wanted to serve it with some kind of gravy just because it's just really good. And so we sauteed up some onions and butter, add a little bit of flour and milk and made a gravy, but we used the immersion blender to make it nice and smooth. We find, I mean, I find uses for that thing left and right.
0: Oh, I agree. And it's just so
1: convenient. Mm-hmm. But I'm with you. Like I'm trying to think of what other things I have that I feel are crucial, but not not very many. I'm not a super big gadget person, but certain things I do use my KitchenAid a lot, but I wouldn't have to. Right. Like, my favorite bread recipe doesn't use it.
0: And I would say we have an air fryer, and my kids use that probably more often than I do. They love to just chop up a potato and make fries out of there, and it's really good. But mm, yeah, but that is one that's maybe a you know not as necessary, but it does come in handy if, if you're looking yeah. for something. And especially if you don't want to use a microwave to warm up your foods, um, just mostly because that zaps a lot of the nutrients out of it, which is why we've gotten rid of ours. So getting out of the habit of thinking that fast meals only come from the microwave, you know, there are other appliances, maybe little countertop convection oven or the air fryer that are really great to warm things up or cook them
1: very fast. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I've never used the air fryer, but I have been tempted because people talk about the potatoes and it actually tastes fried, which is great because, you know, we do, we do frying in our house and I love it, but it is a mess. It's more of a mess than a lot of the other methods of cooking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I got one this last year and like I said, the kids use it more than I do, but it's a pretty good appliance.
1: Yeah. That's good to know. Okay, so we mentioned a lot of fast food things. What are some of your staple meals? If you have thought it out, and then what does your method of meal planning look like? Sorry, let me think about this for a second. <laughs> That's a curveball because I didn't put that on the outline.
0: <laughs> I was just thinking yeah, about wait, it. When we were talking that...
1: <laughs> about uh, yeah. Well, earlier we were talking about like keeping things simple, and I was thinking about how like tonight for dinner we're having a brisket. And I'm going to cut up a whole bunch of different vegetables and throw them on a sheet pan with some oil and put them in the oven. And then I have a sourdough loaf that needs to get baked that I I prepped yesterday. It's been in the fridge. And I just love those simple, hearty, cozy meals where I have the meat stocked in the fridge or the freezer. I have to get it into the fridge for it to thaw. I have the root vegetables stocked. I have tons of flour, so I can always have bread going. But I did have to get the bread going yesterday. And I find that if I'm in that routine of bringing meat in from the freezer, getting my bread going, I can always do a very simple meal, though I put the brisket in today before lunchtime. no, Very little time is required of me to pull this meal together. It just needs to have like some forethought or at least routine. So like in the routine of making bread and having that ready to bake pretty often, I'm in the routine of having a brisket thawed out so that it doesn't require much thought or effort because it's just, you know, meat, vegetables and bread. It's very simple. It just takes like a little bit of a routine of, you know what I mean? Like keeping those things going like thawed and made.
0: Yeah. And I would say we're the same way. Our meals usually consist of meat a side dish a salad or a steamed veggie or or sheet pan veggies and then some kind of bread so those are like usually the things that we go to or when I haven't planned I know that I can like think in the morning maybe throw this in the instant pot at two or three and make sure it's done so if I have some time those little things are great to happen, but you don't actually need a lot of time to actually be in the kitchen for right. those things. Yeah. So that it, there is those two kind of worlds. Like you need to throw something together in a half an hour because you haven't thought about it or do some quick prep earlier in the day and then you're going to have an awesome meal for dinner that night. But I would say like, especially this time of year, I'm making soups probably three yes. times a week. Because it's just chop up a few things, either put in the Instant Pot or um, on the stovetop. But soups, salads, sandwiches, yeah, <laughs> all those things. Like if I'm thinking ahead, those are my favorite things to plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny too with the meals we're talking about. They require probably less time um, of your active work than the ones that we even mentioned in the fast food scenario. Just it's the, yeah, it's just those like kitchen routines that you get yourself in. And for me personally too, like we have to be home a lot for that. Like if we're ever out for three days in a row, say, you know, we have co-op, like on Fridays, we have a a homeschool co-op every other Friday. Sometimes we have plans on Saturday. We usually go out to families on, on Sunday. And when I get out of that routine, it's like grinding halt, like on Monday, wait, I have nothing. I haven't been in my kitchen, stretching and folding, you know, not much time, but just kind of a ongoing process of keeping the kitchen running that I miss out on whenever we don't kind of center on home. And that's when I find myself pulling some of these more quick, fast things that we were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah, I love that. And and I think we should just give ourselves some grace. You know, we might have those really hearty, delicious, <laughs> nutritious meals, but then it's totally okay to allow a couple times a week for these faster things. In fact, I think about when I grew up, you know, I think my mom made one home-cooked meal maybe a week.
1: <laughs> really? So
0: the rest of them, yeah, were like convenience meals. And so I think about how how much I've grown in that as- aspect, and even our fast meals are just ten times better for us than a fast food restaurant. And it, for us, like you know, you you've seen where we live. A fast food is not that close. So if we're considering going no, to get some fast, food, that's not food, fast at all. <laughs> it's going to take us. <laughs> no, it's going to take us longer to drive there. It's going to cost way more because we have teenagers now, and they're not okay with sharing a kids' meal. <laughs> they're no, ordering up the adult menu. Not. Yeah. So like the time and the money, it just makes way more sense to throw together something even if it's not, you know, Pinterest worthy.
1: I know. I think that's the problem too is we've gotten in and I'm I'm do it myself too. Like I have elaborate different kinds of recipes on my blog even. And most of the time, I just fall back to these very basics. They're very fun. I like making them. It's fun for a special day or week or whatever, maybe even like a party, You put together something nice. But for the most part, I'm just sticking with these basics. And so people, I think whenever you aren't in that routine, cooking seems very overwhelming and cooking from scratch does. But what we're saying is a lot of this from scratch cooking isn't even any more time consuming. You know, like- My sister and I, we were talking about this the other day because she was sending her kids out for something and she had to make them sandwiches. And she took a picture of like 20, not 20, it was was a lot of sandwiches lined up. (laughs) And she was like, people always ask me why I don't just make something easy like sandwiches. She's like, this is why. Because throwing in a roast and potatoes and carrots into the oven, drizzle it with some olive oil and some salt, that's easier. That is, you can't even argue that that's not easier. So- it doesn't have to be so complicated cooking from scratch.
0: Yeah, and that's a huge mental shift that I kind of think we grow into as homemakers and realize that. And plus, there's a benefit if you can have extra, you've got some leftovers. You know, you're not going to necessarily have leftover mm-hmm. sandwiches. But if you, have, if you make a bigger roast or a bigger chicken that day, then you're going to have something to pull the next day. And so getting into those routines, knowing how much your family eats, it can really work out like you said way better than you know making three boxes of macaroni and cheese or sandwiches and those kind of things that we might fall back to, back on as a society.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think too like when our you you mentioned that you didn't really grow up this way. I think that was the first generation possibly maybe even my grandma's generation that were they kind of believed and were maybe marketed to that Cooking is just so hard, so time consuming. Like my grandma, when she cooked from scratch, it was like when she made a chicken pot pie, it was a a can of veg all, a can of chicken and a a thing like one of those pop open things of biscuits and a can of cream of mushroom soup. Because (laughs) that's, you know, she was born in the 30s. And I think it was like the first, I don't know, like when she was a young uh, mom in the 50s that's when it it was kind of like yeah, but you don't want to be stuck in the kitchen all day and we had this mindset that I think we're still kind of coming out of that this is so much easier. You will you will liberate all of your time if you don't cook from scratch. And it's like, you know, actually making a chicken pot pie, throw a chicken in the oven. Yeah, it's a bit more time consuming, but not a lot of the meals we're talking about just actually aren't.
0: Right. And I think we're actually seeing, you know, health wise, the ramifications of that lifestyle. And I think that's why so many in our generation are saying like, you know, we can't live like this. This isn't working for us as a, as a people. And so, you know, I can see like someone that just isn't used to spending this much time in the kitchen as perhaps you and I do. I can see it just feeling super daunting But like, once you reap the benefits of this lifestyle, you recognize that it's worth it to teach the next generation how to cook from scratch, like real scratch, real food. It's worth it for your health. You're going to feel so much better. And I often think now that I have teenagers, like, you know, when I went to college, it was ramen noodles, cream of wheat, like lived off of crap. And I felt like crap all the time. And I really want to teach the next generation. Yeah. Actually, even when you're on your own, healthy meals can be so easy. Make some quick oatmeal packets yourself instead of buying them or make a big batch of soup and eat that every night for dinner. You're only going to cook once and then you're going to get all these nutritious meals. So once you like see the benefits and see the impact it has on your family, that time in the kitchen becomes like one of your greatest investments and one of your greatest pleasures, which is kind of new for me. I'd say um, before like the last two years, I kind of dreaded being in the kitchen. I felt like (laughs) I'm just so tired of cooking and all that. But once you like get this mental shift of what an honor it is and what a gift it is for your family to provide them with these nutritious meals, it becomes one of your favorite things. And you might just have to like force yourself into it to, to actually feel that, Mm -hmm. but then you get rolling and you realize it's, it's, it's such a good thing for you to do in the time that you've been given.
1: It is, and you can be so creative too. I find it fun. Like today, whenever we were making that chicken, I, I we did like a little fried chicken where we I love using, and we're just so into it. Where I do sourdough breadcrumbs, and we just dip the chicken in it and then fry it. And my daughter wanted to make a gravy, and so that was a good, you know, she knows how to make a gravy, but we kind of ran over the the basics. Like gravy is a fat with a little bit of flour and then some kind of liquid. You can use a broth, you can use a milk, you thicken it. You know, just having those basic kitchen skills makes it to where you can take your creativity and you can do anything with it. You can make a mushroom cream gravy or a brown onion gravy or add in, you know, parsley from the garden. There's just, once you have the basics, you don't feel so, it doesn't feel so daunting and overwhelming because you're now free to, you know, make it your own. You don't really have to follow every recipe to a tea. Once you dive into that world and you learn, you're able to actually have fun with it. And it just it it feels anytime you feel overwhelmed by something, it's usually because you feel like you don't know what you're doing. And the more you do it, you're gonna know what you're doing.
0: Yes. And I feel like I actually don't have as much fun in the kitchen when i have to follow a recipe that's when i feel like i don't have the mental space to like follow these step by steps but it's just amazing when you get to this point that you can be like okay we're gonna have uh let's say lasagna for dinner oh we have some leftover ground beef because i did a big batch or i can brown it up really quick or oh i have some canned tomatoes i know that if i just saute some onion and some garlic and throw in some herbs there's my marinara sauce. Like, okay, what yes. cheese do I have? Mozzarella, ricotta, let's throw that in there. Like, that is so much fun. But if yes. you're going to put me in front of a recipe at the end of a day, my brain's kind of like, I'm too tired for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. and there's this like point if I can just encourage anyone just to keep going, follow those recipes with the idea that you're teaching yourself how to cook so that at some point it can be a creative endeavor. And that is really when it gets super rewarding and when you can feel like you can throw together something really fast.
1: Yes. Like you just mentioned, having all of these random things seeing them and knowing what to do with it instead of the other way around having a recipe. And then do I have all the things that the recipe requires? Cause you know, unless you plan, you don't it, having, being able to have the freedom to see what you have and then turn it into something that's very delicious and edible and look like it could have came out of a cookbook is a skill that you do foster over time by following a lot of recipes and learning the basic construction of anything. Like what goes in a casserole, what goes in lasagna, what goes in a marinara. So that if you have, you know, tomato here and a little basil or whatever, it, you know, you, you know, you know what you're doing and then all of your ingredients become something and you don't have to, I don't know. I think I used to like when I first started learning to cook, I, I wanted to figure out, like I had to perfectly meal plan because I didn't know what I was doing. And so if I didn't have one ingredient, I was completely lost.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. You you just kind of scrapped it and like, "Oh, I don't have everything for that recipe, so I can't make it." But <laughs> in, re- in reality, you can get creative. Yes. And that's yes. Like, you know, the importance of just stocking up a pantry.
1: Yeah, with the with the stock that you have cuz inevitably even with a stocked pantry, there's going to be something you you don't have. Like, for example, if you're making a chicken pot pie, you should have carrots, onions, garlic, peas, and maybe you don't have peas in the freezer just do more carrots, add some celery. You know no. like you you know what's going to taste good and what herbs and what, you know, you can complement it. Or say you don't have any broth made and chicken pot pie calls for broth and cream. You can just use milk and a little bit of flour to thicken. So, you know, you just know what you can do.
0: Yeah, and it makes it really fun.
1: It does. Let's talk about natural skincare. As a lot of us are trying to clean out our houses, our diets, Skincare is something that is also really important because our skin is our body's largest organ and what goes on the skin does actually make its way in and affect our health. So it's important to choose quality, but one problem I've had over the years with natural skincare companies or DIYs, I've tried making my own lip balms, face serums, cleansers, They're great, but they don't have the same effectiveness as the drugstore or the department store brands that are full of chemicals and things I don't want in my body. Tubes & Co is an organic skincare company. It's a small company that uses all natural ingredients. So for example, I have this tallow balm sitting here on my desk or my dresser, which is my desk for the day that is made from grass-fed tallow, virgin olive oil, essential oils, and that's it. It's super luxurious on my skin. I love it during these colder months because my skin tends to dry out and look really lifeless, but this product really nourishes it and brings it back to life. I also love Tubes & Co. makeup. I currently have on the Tubes & Co. eyebrow pencil, which is my favorite thing, the primer, the foundation, the mascara for a really simple, low makeup, but yet not just my bare, splotchy face look. I love Toops & Co. makeup. It doesn't feel like I'm buying a healthy brand. It feels like really nice makeup that also happens to have extremely clean ingredients. You can check out Toops & Co. and use the code FARMHOUSE for 10% off over at toopsandco.com, that's T-O-U-P-S and Co dot com. Again, don't forget to use the code farmhouse for 10% off your order. Okay, we have a few audience questions specifically from moms, maybe moms of littles, who wonder, what are your meal prep tips when you're interrupted a lot by kids? Let's see here, tips for things you can do to make cooking for a big family less stressful. It just feels like kids are always interrupting. What's your tips for that? Boy,
0: yeah. We I think we all know and can relate to that mother's <laughs> anxieties there because it can be stressful when you yeah. get interrupted. I would just say like do as much prep work in the quiet moments that you have, like you said, if you know you're going to have a roast chicken, get it seasoned when they're taking a nap or when you just have a minute and then have some game plan of of something that they can do to entertain themselves but but i would just say also like avoid if you can those time sensitive meals like don't get so fancy that you know that you're going to have to be standing over the stove stirring this consistently yes. like if a recipe or a meal is just too intensive and you don't have time that day yeah don't make it <laughs> find something else that you can throw together very quickly Um, and then I know a lot of people use this coping skill for this lifestyle is like make freezer meals. When I had really little littles, um, my sister and I, my sister-in-law and I would actually team up and she would make like 10 freezer meals and she'd double them. So there is one for her family and one for my family. And I would do the same. And then we would switch these meals. That's kind of like how I survived those years is like. Partnering with people, getting help, thinking ahead, Um, like normally I would like maybe send the kids away or have the husband take them on the Saturday and that was my freezer meal prep day. And so that's one thing that I did to survive that. But again, when you've got little kids, they're picky anyway. So don't try to become a culinary artist, you know, for them, unless that's something that you absolutely want to do. But just keep it simple Mm -hmm. and try to utilize those times where you think you might have a moment to not get interrupted.
1: Yeah. One thing I've always done, too, is just containment. If I can contain the toddler or the baby who's, you know, 10 months old, trying to crawl everywhere, have a gate in my kitchen – they're, they're loud, they're into things, but I can still watch them and keep cooking. So it doesn't, you know, necessarily require me to now, of course there's definite interruptions. Like I need to get the baby in the wrap and carry on. But like you said, I tried to like this morning, I had a little time in the kitchen. Uh, Victor was sleeping in my wrap. I made lunch and dinner all at the same time. So we have dinner in the oven. It's been, it's been at like 300 degrees or 275 or whatever. All day. And then um, I got lunch prep. So just, yeah, using those chunks of time that you have, get as much done as possible during that time. Don't stop. If the kid's still sleeping, make dinner. If they're still sleeping, make breakfast tomorrow. Just keep going and get it all knocked out.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And you're definitely in that in that phase more than I am. But also like if you have older kids teach them how to help you in the kitchen, even for the smallest tasks. And as they grow up, it is going to pay off big time. You can basically say, Hey, I've got a meeting or I've got to run somewhere and your teenager can throw together a meal. And it's, it's like those moments really pay Uh off by teaching. You know, I'd say like start them at age five or even smaller to help you. And it will it will help you in the future to kind of balance those stressful moments. But I also feel like so much of that is like your mental space. You can look at those that time where you're stressed, you're trying to prep something, you're getting interrupted. Kids need you. You can look at that and get super frazzled or just change your mental Thinking and just feel grateful for this crazy life that you get to have and embrace it and realize that no one is actually expecting perfection from you and try to not let those moments get you too, too frazzled and too stressed to where you don't actually enjoy this amazing work that you get to do in your home.
1: That is a very good point and very difficult to think about in those moments, but also
0: good.
1: (laughs) Like, good. And, you know, a lot of times if you can't in the moment, you can later and get some perspective on it. Now you mentioned picky eaters. What's your, like, what do you do about that?
0: I have a couple that are extremely picky still. And I just think, are they ever going to grow out of this? (laughs) But I think, (laughs) I think all of us moms are going to face that. And I often think, and it, it especially works great on these fast meals is to try to like think So you're preparing something, but how can you deconstruct that meal for that picky eater? Like maybe Mm -hmm. they don't like (laughs) meat with their noodles and the sauce, like deconstruct it, let them dip stuff in the sauce or, you know, like trying to separate things, I think has helped with my picky eaters. Um, I also just to try to make dinner a positive experience every time. And I always have to remind my husband of this when he makes dinner, but like no matter what, put something on their plate that they're you know they're gonna eat. You know, uh-huh. whether that's a sliced banana, a piece of toast, like yeah. <laughs> don't make them like sit down to something that they can't even fathom choking down and then they're hungry. Cause then you have to look at this and think, Oh, okay, well, am I gonna feed them after? Are we gonna get in the routine where they know that I'll feed them something else? Like dinner time is dinner time, and I wanna make sure. They at least get something in their bellies (laughs) for whatever meal so that they can get through until the next meal. And I think that helps. But another great tip is get them involved. Um, My little guy, like he's super picky. One time I made gnocchi and he wouldn't touch it. He thought it was just disgusting. Whereas then we came across a homeschool lesson where he actually got to make the gnocchi and he like gobbled it up, you know. (laughs) So getting them involved If you have a garden, show them that process, and I find that it, it can almost
1: get a picky eater to try just about anything. Mm, That's a good point. I I have probably really only one that I'd consider picky, but I I make what I make, and I I'm like you. Like I I hope that it's I I don't try to go too crazy that there's just no possible chance, or if there's some way they're going to like it. Like for example today. We made that onion gravy. We put like three onions in it. It was, you know, it's a strong flavor. And I just didn't put, I put all the fried chicken into the gravy, topped it with parsley. I just didn't put his in there because, you know, that's, I don't need to to prove a point. You know, like he's going to eat the chicken. He loves that chicken. He's going to eat the mashed potatoes. But if he doesn't want it smothered in the gravy. So be it yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's not a battle I want to embark on.
0: right. And one of my favorite things is soups. Like I just love soups. I feel like you can pack so much nutrients into a soup. Yes, but if it's chunky and has all these green things, I have a couple kids that won't eat it. <laughs> so what I do for that is you just blend it up and make it a chip dip or you know throw cheese and crackers on there and then they'll oh, eat it go. so just just try to present it in a way that is more palatable for that picky eater. But you're not going to win every time, you know. <laughs> you're just not. So yeah. So you just keep yeah. exposing them, and eventually you'll find you have a teenager that will just eat way more than you can put down and yes. th- to keep them going. And it's it's pretty amazing to see that transition.
1: I'm with you though. I don't want to make a habit of like I'm going to make you something different. I'm not going to do that. There's usually a way that the thing that I'm already planning to make can be, you know, accommodating to an extent. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go all in on like making a separate thing, but I can you know, I can leave the onion gravy off of one kid's meal. That's that's fine. And I I also feel like there's so many things you see they're going to grow out of. And so if your child's extremely picky and like you said you keep exposing them to different things, I, I think even the pickiest of kids eventually grow out of it.
0: Right. And I love actually seeing my kids, you know, they are not not used to fast food. You know, it may happen on a rare occasion when I'm out of town and dad takes them to fast food, but it's so funny to me, like when they're presented with those typical, you know, American diet foods, they won't touch them. They think they're absolutely disgusting. Really? And so you, I can sit there. Yeah, it's amazing. I can sit there and say, oh, my kids are so picky, but it's actually like you're actually refining their taste buds by exposing them to different foods. And I just think it'll pay off eventually.
1: I agree. I agree. Okay. Last question from the audience. What are your tips for cooking on a majorly tight budget?
0: Well, I think this whole episode was (laughs) for them because that is such an issue right now. Food prices are just crazy. And honestly, like going back to the staples and buying in bulk is how we're getting through this time. I can take them out to a restaurant and spend probably up to a hundred dollars. Versus if I just gather the staples that I've bought in bulk, I can put a meal on the table for probably like $10 for all of us. It's just incredible. So definitely buying in bulk. You can even afford to buy in bulk and buying organic if you're considering the cost of like, do I run to the fast food restaurant or do we buy more convenience foods? Once you do the numbers and see it actually work out in your bank account... You can afford to buy nice, high-quality organic foods from somewhere like Azure Standard, and mm-hmm. still see savings when you learn how to cook with this um, just staples, basic, real ingredients kind of method. So I just, I mean, I just really don't know any other way but to just try to stay in that lane, mm-hmm. and I think you'll see that it that it pays off.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, these staples, of course, you know, if your budget's so tight, there are staples that are cheaper than other staples, like certain proteins, you know, ground beef, I think, right, is a lot cheaper than a chicken breast and eggs is a really cheap protein source. So, you know, you can you can break it down. But I think for most people, even just switching to buying all staples is going to be enough to really make a big difference.
0: I think so, too. And you might even consider like if for Christmas, especially coming up or any birthday, if if you're just really overwhelmed by the super tight budget, start asking for gift cards to grocery stores or ask for food um, for gifts instead of other things that you may not need as much. That is a way to kind of you know, navigate a really tight budget.
1: Yeah. People ask you what you want for Christmas, say Trader Joe's or Azure standard gift card or whatever is in your area. Hey, I'd be like, that would be my idea of the best Christmas gift ever. It sounds awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Awesome. Well, Cami, tell us where we can find you and where we can find your printable that you talked about for Socking the Pantry, your podcast.
0: Yeah, I would love to have your viewers come and visit me over at tidbitsandcompany.com. And then my YouTube channel is the Tidbits and Company. And I will just, I will share a link with you, Lisa, if they want to sign up. But all my printables are inside my Tidbits subscriber library. So if they just go to my homepage, they'll see a sign up where they can get access into their and right away get that printable, Um, but I also have a shop full of great things to support the keepers of the home. I love linen, so I make a lot of beautiful linen products to sell. I have planner printable pages. I do classes. We have an emergency preparation class and a homeschool exploration class out right now. So lots of great stuff over at tidbitsandco.com if you want to shop with me. But if you just need inspiration and information, um, I've been working for over 10 years to <laughs> compile as much as much good stuff that I that I know and that I enjoy to support
1: homemakers. So much good information over at tidbitsandcompany.com. Awesome. And the keeper of the home podcast and the YouTube channel. So thank you so much yep. for sharing with us. Lots of good information and inspiration. Way
0: fun talking about this with you. I think I really hope that it encourages a lot of people to enjoy
1: cooking in their kitchen. I think it will. I know it will. I hope that you found this episode inspiring for your own food journey, trying to be more frugal, healthier, eating at home. I think that she shared some really great tips. If it is your New Year's goal to start a sourdough starter, don't forget to check out my sourdough course It has a book with all of my sourdough recipes, instructions on how to start your own starter, troubleshooting, pretty much everything you need if you want to grow your sourdough skills or start from scratch. There's also a Facebook group, so it's a great way to ask questions while you're on your journey. You can find my course over at bit.ly forward slash farmhouse sourdough course. And as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast.